few years ago, I took a memorable trip to France. I saved up my frequent flyer miles, brushed up on my French, researched museums and neighborhoods, and found a cheap hotel room. I would spend four days in Paris, a bustling European capital. But I was going alone. What do you mean? Are you meeting someone there? Asked a concerned friend. Nope, just me. Aren't you scared to travel by yourself? Won't you get lonely? I considered this. I doubt it, I answered. I was right. I bought one of those city passes, a card that gets you into the main museums and sites of a city with no line. I wandered the city aimlessly at times, and at other times with an ambitious mental checklist of things I wanted to see. I went to the Louvre twice, having just seen the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I wandered into a small museum of medieval history for the sole purpose of seeing an ancient tapestry I'd once read about in a novel. When I was hungry, I found a cafe. When I was tired, I headed to my tiny hotel room or took a breather on a park bench and kicked off my shoes. As an added bonus, my cell phone didn't work there. <laughs> I was alone, fabulously alone. No one could contact me, and no one there knew who I was. It was dreamy. A funny thing happens to you when you travel alone. You realize how good or not good you are at reading maps, for example. You have no one to blame but yourself when you get on the right train, only to realize it's headed the wrong direction. But you notice other things, too. You notice your own emotions and reactions without having to assign words to them, like you do when you're in constant conversation with a travel con uh, companion. Traveling alone, you get very comfortable with silence, and you start to realize that you are quite possibly the best company you could have invited to this special place. That trip was years ago, and I haven't had a chance to have such an extended time alone since. I haven't forgotten, though, and I keep finding ways, sometimes small ways, to recapture those moments of solitude when I am completely in tune with myself my interests, my mood, my own internal chatter. There's something about not having to tell someone what's going on with you that allows you to just feel it, to just sink into yourself and get cozy. I find it to be a warm, grounding feeling, a familiar, comforting rhythm. So I turned 40 last year. And it's been a, it had been a really busy, noisy year. Two children with all of their school and social activities, a new demanding job for me, a new business venture for our family, weekends full of social gatherings, a constant stream of contact with people, people, more people. Amid all of these people, love them as I did, I found that I was beginning to feel lost, like I couldn't quite hold on to my place. Somehow, I was out of step. For my 40th birthday, my husband and I went out to dinner, and over dessert, he handed me an envelope. He said I was hard to buy for, that I was one of those people who didn't really want anything. It's probably true. Inside the envelope was a piece of paper 
telling me that he'd arranged for me to have two full days alone at a peaceful little farm about an hour away. Two full days of silence, of no internet, no cell phones, of nothing except me, my thoughts, and whatever I wanted to do with my time. It might not be Paris, but it was perfect. Two whole days away from people and conversation and expectations, two days of caring for no one except myself. Two days to get cozy with myself again, to sink into whatever I wanted to sink into. It was heaven. Sometimes I need to detach myself from people, even the people I love, just for a little while in order to become me again. Sometimes I need some sustained time without conversing in order to hear myself again. To find whatever it was I lost track of, to simply regain my own rhythm. It is a rhythm I don't hear every day, but I know what it sounds like. I often hear it in this room, here with you in these pews. Come, let us worship together. <laughs> 